Okay, good morning everybody. Today's daf is Baba Kama Daf Tzadi Zayin. We're holding on Daf Tzadi Vavam and Beis. We are seven lines from the end of the page on Tzadi Vavam Beis. Did Tanya, last row on the line is Did Tanya. Today's show is sponsored by Dr. David Lander in honor of his wife and children and Lili Nishmas' mother, Goldaba Simchal Shalom. Also by Daniel Sadian for the success of Klal Yisrael in these times and Atzlacha for our soldiers and our captives should return home safely. And also by Rachel and Jeff Rottenberg and family in commemoration of the third yard site of Joe Rottenberg, Yosef Yitzchak, Ben Moshe Cohen, and Shamashav Naliyah. And also by Avishai Newman in honor of his father's yard site, Chaim Naftali, Chaim Naftali Ben Rabbi Yaakov Shlomo, whose yard site is Friday. And Shamashav Naliyah, we thank all of the sponsors very, very much for these sponsorships. So the first thing we're going to do is we were in the middle of a discussion yesterday of why it is that Rav paskined like Rabbi Meir. Normally you wouldn't, you wouldn't set aside the sheet of the Chachamim and instead pasken like Rabbi Meir. So the Gemara had explained because Rav had the opposite gear. So he had that Rabbi Meir, what, what, he, what, what uh, we call Shittas Rabbi Meir, he would call Shittas HaChacham. So when he's passing like Rabbi Meir, he's really passing what he views as the sheet of the Chachamim. So the Gemara was in the middle of trying to figure out what are the sources that indicate that the shitos of Rabbi Meir and the Chachamim, as far as whether an Evet has a din of Karka or whether an Evet does not have a din of Karka, are indeed flipped. So we're going to have another Brisa where we see that, uh, that the Shita of Rabbi Meir is not as it is recorded in our Mishnah. Then the Gemara is going to discuss if you use someone else's Evet without permission, uh, what sort of payment do you have to make for the usage of that Evet? What does it depend on? And that's going to bring us into the sugya of Chaser. If the guy's not using his Evet now anyway, and I go and I use that Evet, so maybe I'm Nene, he wasn't Chaser. Sir, he wasn't using his Eved. Anyhow, then the Gemara is going to have a machlokas how to devi- define the terms used in the Mishnah Nistak and Nifsal. We spoke about in the Mishnah that if a person steals a coin and then something happens to that coin and there's a difference whether the coin is Nistak versus if the coin is Nifsal. But we're going to have two different shitos as to how to define that terminology and we're going to have a raya in each direction. Then the Gemara is going to have a discussion of what is still considered currency when governments change the rules, when governments change the, uh, the acceptability of that, uh, of that currency. Does it matter if that currency is acceptable somewhere else? Does it matter how much access you have to that somewhere else? Does it matter whether the government even allows you to carry around that currency? When do we assume that the currency has no value whatsoever and is therefore not something that you can use to pay back whatever the original deal was? And when do we assume, no, it's still valid currency and, and that's, it's going to be no geya to the halachos of being podemeiser sheni as well. Then the Gemara is going to talk about at the very end of the daf whether a currency... Uh, is considered the same after they start adding metal to it. Meaning, let's say they just change the thickness of the coins that they use, and they start using thicker coins with more metal in them. So if I owe you uh, a quarter, but now a quarter is twice as thick as a quarter used to be, so do I pay you the, a new, can I pay you a new quarter, or is that some sort of problem? So let's begin. Did Tanya, seven lines from the end of the page, on Daf Tzadi Again, we're trying to show that there's another b'risa where the shitos of Rabbi Meir and the Chachamim about whether Karka 
<coughs> rather whether Avadim have a din of Karka are flipped around. The Tanya Machlif Para Bechamar, a person uh, has has a Para and his friend has a Chamar and they make a deal to barter them for each other so they utilize a Kinyan Chalipin that the Bala Para will be Moshech the Chamar and when he's Moshech that Chamar the Para now belongs to the Bala Chamar to the guy that was previously the Bala Chamar. This is one form of Kinyan Chalipin. The Sugi Masech's Kiddushin tells us that there, there are in fact two forms of Kinyan Chalipin. The more common form of Kinyan Chalipin is where you use a handkerchief or a pen or something like that as a symbolic form of Kinyan. It's what's called a Kinyan Sudar, that you take a, a handkerchief and through that, that's an indication that you are making a Maisa Kinyan on whatever. Over here, this is what we call Chalipin Shava B'Shava. This is a barter Chalipin, that you're not using something as a symbolic uh, thing to make the Kinyan on. You're actually making the Kinyan on one item and in exchange for that, the other item now belongs to the other party. So you did this uh, this uh, this and shava b'shava viyolda, and the, then you went to look at the para, which now belongs to the previous balachamar. But you see that the para has since given birth. Thing is, you have no idea when the para gave birth. Did it give birth before the kinyan was done, and the original bal para? owns the Vlad, or did it give birth after the uh, Kenyan was done, and the original Bala Hamar, the current Bala Para, owns the Vlad. You can have a similar uh, issue if you're selling your Shivcha. Unlike a Para or a Hamar, a Shivcha can be Nikres Bekesef. I mean, the, re- the reason the Mishnah set up the case of uh, the Bryce set up the case of Para of a Hamar, where you're Moshech, one animal, and then another, and we didn't bring money into the picture, is because uh, animals cannot be Nikres Bekesef. So it doesn't work as a form of Kenyan. You would need to do a Mashicha on an actual animal. So that's why we spoke about doing a, kin- a, a, a Chalipin, Shava B'Shava. But when it comes to a Shivcha, a Shivcha is nicknamed B'Kesef. So you do a Kenyan on the Kesef that you're buying the, uh, that you're selling the Shivcha for. And now as soon as you do that Kenyan on the Kesef, the Shivcha belongs to the buyer. And then you go to tell the Shivcha the great news that she has been sold. Vialda, and it turns out that she had given birth in the interim. The thing is, we have no idea whether she gave birth prior to the Kenyan and the original Bala Shivcha owns the Vlad, or she gave birth after the Kenyan, and the current Bala Shivcha owns the Vlad. So, so the Mochar says, yeah, they gave birth before the Kenyan happened. It was still in my Rishos, and therefore the Vlad belongs to me. And the Kona doesn't say anything, which implies that he doesn't know. He, 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 uh, he cannot say with certainty one way or the other. So Zachabad, the Mochar is Zocha. Since the Mochar has clarity that it belongs to him, and the Kona is not sure whether the Vlad belongs to him, so we say Bari Vishema, Bari Adif, and therefore it belongs to the Mocher. However, Ze Omer Eniodea, Vize Omer Eniodea, if they both say that they have no idea who it actually belongs to, so then Yachloku, then they divide the, uh, the Vlad. Ze Omer Bereshusi, Vize Omer if they both say that they do know and they both insist that it belongs to them, so Yeshava Mocher Shabereshuso Yelda, the Mocher takes a Shavua that the that, uh, baby that the offspring was born while it was in his rishos, and he's therefore able to take the vlad. And the reason the mocher is the one that takes the shvua and not the lokeach is because that's the way shvuas work. Anytime you have a shvua that appears in the Torah, it's always the nitva that's taking the shvua so that he won't have to give something up. So the mocher was the previous owner of this uh, shivcha or of this para, and he's the one that takes the shvua, and he doesn't have to give up the 
the Vlad. Divrei Rabbi Meir, that is Rabbi Meir's Shita. Where do we find Kalim Shvam Betorah, Arnishbayin Velomishalmin? So Rashi points out, it's this week's parsha. Kiite Nishal Re'el, Chamar, Oshar, Oseb, Bekal Be'emel, Lishmar, Umeso, Nishba. It goes on to say, Shvos Hashem, Tia Bein Shneem, Imlo Shilach Yado, Bimelech Re'el, Velakach Balav, Velo Yishalem. So it sounds like that the one that they're Toveya to pay is the one that takes the Shvua and is Potter from having to pay. And uh, the Toveya is not the one that takes the Shvua and then gets paid. You can't call that a Dafyomi coincidence because the entire Masech's Babakama is in this week's Parsha. So nothing from this week's Parsha counts as a Dafyomi coincidence. The uh, Chacham Omrim and the Chachamim disagree. And they say, well, no, Avadim are like Karka. And Enishba and Lol Avadim are Karkos. And therefore you can't take a Shvua about an event. Rather, the Vlad remains in the Rishos of the Mocher until the Kona is able to bring a Raya that the Vlad belongs to him. But bottom line is, you see from this Brisa that the Chacham hold that Avadim are like Karka. And this is the second of the two Brisos where we have the Shitos of Rameir and the Chacham flipped from the way they are in the Mishnah. Because from the Mishnah, it sounds like the Chacham hold Avadim are not like Karka. And therefore, you're not allowed to say about Avadim, Haresha and you have to pay the Bailim, Kirshas Hagzela. Whereas the Brisa Tzmuchach, that the Chacham hold Avadim are like Karka, and therefore the Gazlan can say to the Bailim, Haresha Lechalafanecha, just like you can by Karka, because Karka is in an exalus, and therefore Avadim are also in an exalus. So asking Mara, Hai Halacha Krebi Meir, Halacha Krebi Meir, so that's wonderful. You've shown that what, it, what appears is the Shita of Rabbi Meir, that Avadim Arukash Lekarka is really the Shita of the Chachamim. But then why would you say Halacha Krebi Meir if you're passing that Avadim are like Karka? You should say Halacha Kechachamim because that's the genuine Shita of the Chachamim. It's not the Shita of Rabbi Meir. So Hachikamar, this is what Rav meant to say. Lemaida Avchisu Vatenisu, based on the mistaken Girsa that we have in our Mishnah that presents Rabbi Meir as the one that says that Avadim are like Karka, Halacha Meir. So we pass him like the way Rabbi Meir appears in our Mishnah, even though it's not actually genuinely Rabbi Meir. It's really the, shech, the Shita of the uh, Chachamim. So, uh, uh, okay, so bottom line is, we know what Rav intended to paskin. He's paskin that Avadim have a din of Karka. But is that really true that Rav holds that Avadim are like Karka? If a person grabs someone else's Evet and he puts him to work for him. So Potter, he doesn't have to pay the bailim, the, uh, the wages of the Evet. But if you hold the Avadim Avadin of Karka Amai Potter, why when you grab the Evan and you make him do work for you, do you not have to pay the master for the work of the Evan? After all, Karka is in an Exelis. So uh, as you were using the Evan, it was still in the Rishos of the original uh, owner, of the original master. So just like Karka is in an Exelis and it remains in the Rishos of the Bailim, if the Evan is in the Rishos of the Bailim, the guy who was Tophis the Evan should have to pay the Bailim for, for whatever work the Evan did while it was still in the Rishos of the Bailim. So it must be that Rav holds that an Evet is not like Karka. And at the moment that you're Tofes that Evet, now it's no longer in the Rishos of the original master and that's why you're Potter from paying. So it's Akasha. How can you tell me Rav holds Avadim are like Karka? Here you have Rav holds that if you're Tofes in Evet and you put him to work, you don't have to pay the master apparently because an Evet is not like Karka. So it says, no, no, no. Rav really holds that, that an Evet is like Karka. But Hachamai Eskinan, what's the case over here? 
with grabbing the Eved, that's Shalom B'Shas Melacha. That's when you put the Eved to work, when the Eved is not uh, accustomed to be doing Melacha, or when the Bailim, who really owns the Eved, doesn't have any Melacha for the Eved to do. He's got nothing for the guy to do. Ki Shalachlei, it's similar to what that which Shalachlei uh, Rabbi Abba Lamari Barmar, the message Rabbi Abba sent to Mari Barmar, where Baimine Rafuna, where they asked of Rafuna, what's the din of Hadar B'Chatzar Chaveru Shalom Daito, that a person squats in someone else his property without getting rishos and without the guy even realizing that someone is occupying his property. So do we say that you have to pay for the rental of the property? Maybe you don't have to pay for the rental of the property. And the response was sent back to Rabbi Abba, you don't have to pay for it uh, when you use someone else's so therefore that's what's going on with the Eved yes the Eved still belongs to the original master and you're using the Eved the Bailim and you're having him do Malacha but you don't have to pay because otherwise the master didn't have any malacha for him to do. The master wasn't going to put the effort to use whatsoever. So therefore, you don't have to. It's 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 like a, it's like a squatter doesn't doesn't have to pay. Now we already had this gemara in daf chaf aleph where it spoke about the din dafka by chutzah she'eno omedas lahaskara. Right? If it's a chutzah that's not typically meant to be rented out, so then it's going to be zanena vizalo chutzah. But that's only when you already lived in the chutzah chaveru. Tosus points out. Certainly, the Bala Chatzar is able to make a macha against someone who's Tophis' Chatzar before he begins to live in the Chatzar and say, Get out of my Chatzar, I don't want you in the Chatzar. This is all retrospective. He's already been living there. Does he owe him the money for the time that he's already, that he's already spent there? That's what Tosis writes in Masechta Babasra, and so Nuka Yosef writes earlier in this Masechta. However, the Mordechai writes in the name of the Avia Ezri that even the Chachila, you could be Kofa al Kach. Because we're kofen al midas sedom, so if it's chaser that's omed saschara, it's considered as if zenen of zechaser. Because kolzman that people see that someone's living there, they're going to assume that it's not for rent, and therefore he's not going to be able to get the business. But if it's eno omed saschara, so then you got to let the guy live there because zenen of zelochaser. That's how the Mordechai understands. I think we normally assume like the shita satosvos that lechadchila you're not allowed to do this, but that afterwards, I mean, you can't just use someone else's property. But afterwards, if you did that, there's no monetary. Uh, payments. So anyway, so that's what we're comparing the case of using the Evet to. So says Mar is that a valid comparison? I understand when you live in someone else's chutzah, shlomi daito, you know, there's some benefit to having someone live in your chutzah when it's not otherwise being used uh, for two reasons. Whether you assume like the reason that a, uh, a house that's, uh, that's being lived in is guarded better because someone who's, uh, who lives there will, you know, if the sink is leaky, he'll tighten the thing and make it uh, not leak and he'll just take care of things. So it's better for the bala chutzah that someone should be living there even if they're living there for free, that's better than it being empty. And bein leman diyamer shia yukashar, or whether the reason that it's beneficial to have some living in the chutzar is based on what the navi yeshaya says that uh, there is a particular shade called shia, and uh, it, it, it ruins the homes that are left uh, vacant. So nichalei, so the bala chutzar wants someone to live there, even if he's not going to be paying, because that's better than it being left vacant, uh, where where he's not going to get uh, where he's not going to get anything. This is. 
a pasuk on the nevuah of Yishayahu, on the Peranus that are going to come to Klal Yisrael, and he says that the city of Yerushalayim is going to be so empty that that shade, Shi'ir Yekutas, it's going to come, and it's going to be uh, destroy the houses of the Jewish people because those homes are going to be empty. So, uh, so in the case where you're squatting in someone else's property, he actually benefits from the fact that you're living in his property. But in the case where you just grab someone's Eved, you're just going to make his Eved tired. Uh, that, that's not beneficial to the owner of the Eved at all. So the cases are not comparable. Maybe you don't have to pay for squatting <coughs> because there's an argument that yes, while while uh, it's not so pleasant that uh, that someone's living in your property without permission, but there is some benefit to it. But maybe you do have to pay for using the eved where there's no benefit to the owner. So it says Mar, sure, there's a benefit to the owner. You don't want the eved to get used to not having to do work. So if you don't have any work to give him, you want uh, someone to give him work so that he'll be able to uh, have a good work ethic. That it's very important that people have. Uh, Develop a good uh, good work ethic because that's a good predictor of how much work they're uh, they're going to do in the uh, in 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 the future. So the preishur writes that the reason when you talk if Abdul Shalchaver Shlo B'Shas Melacha you're part from paying is because it's Zenene Vizelochaser. But he says from mitam from that side it would have been usher to do it lechachila because it's like a Shlo Shlomidas. That's what the Gemara says that since it's Noach LaAdon Sheyavdu BaAvdo the Adon wants you uh, working. Is Evan, so Mela, it's not even in Israel the Chalchila. So that's how the Pnei Yeshua understands, which sounds a lot more like the Mordechai that we mentioned before. That even the Chalchila, if you see the other guy's Evan isn't doing anything, so you're allowed to go and take the Evan and make him uh, do something, even uh, even as a matter of the Chalchila, because it's beneficial to him. So now the Gemara tells a story. Be'erav Yosef Parchama, Havutag Ravdi Dinshi, Demasak Buzuzi. The people in Rav Yosef Parchama's home, that's the way our Gemara at least presents it, a similar Gemara in but it sounds like it wasn't the people in his home, it was him. It was Rav Yosef Parchama. Uh, but anyway, what they would do is they would take avadim of people who owed them money and they would put them to work. And they would force them to do work for them. And they didn't pay for the, uh, for the wages and uh, for, the, for the time, uh, the schirus of the, those avadim. So Amalei Rabba Berei, so Rabbi, his son said, my time of Marachi, why, why are you doing this? Aren't you choshish that this is an Isaribis? Meaning this is not in lieu of pay these people owe you money they're still going to pay you money and now in addition to getting money from them you're also using their avadim that sounds like a real ribis problem so uh, so so Rav Yosef Rechama said, said uh, so, so uh, that, that was the question that uh, Rabbah his son asked him so uh, in general uh, when, whenever a child asks a father um, it has to be in the question of asking him, uh, in the lashon of asking him, but not in the lashon of uh, criticizing him, right? That's what some of the Achronim point out, that it has to be that uh, doesn't it say in the Torah, they have to, that's what the Gemara Kedushin says, they have to say it in a way that's very respectful and not in a way that I know better. So anyway, so Amalei Rav Yosef Barcham said to his son Rabbah, no, don't worry, I hold like Rav Nachman, Dom Rav Nachman, Avdun, Ahom Kresi, Lo Shavi, and Eved, is not even worth his meal money. Meaning, by the fact that I'm putting him to work, I'm also taking upon the responsibility to feed him today. So he's, it's, it's a losing proposition for me. So I'm not gaining more from the people that owe me money. Adarab, I'm not gaining at all. I'm paying for this guy's meals, and uh, he doesn't do nearly enough work. So I'm lay. So Rabbi said to Rabbi Yosef Barchama, 
There's no way that's true about every single Eved, that they're, they're not even worth their meal money, because then no one would ever have an Eved, right? <laughs> what do you want an Eved for if, if he costs you more than you're able to gain from him, right? So uh, that's true about people like Doro, the, the Eved of Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman was speaking from experience that he had an Eved was Merak and Bekuvi, that uh, act as like a, a, an entertainer who would uh, dance in, uh, in stores that people should, uh, should pay him for the entertainment and should give him uh, some wine. So he didn't know any umnus. He had no professional, no professional uh, skills. So therefore, he wasn't worth his meal money. But other of them who actually have some skills, they have marketable skills, so they're, they're worth their, uh, their meal money. So therefore, you're, you are being nene from the malacha, and you should pay the, the, the wages of these workers. So Yosef said back to his son, Rabbah, I know Rav Daniel severely. I in fact hold like Rav Daniel. Tam Rav Daniel Barav Katina Amarav Hatokif Ba'avdus Shulchaver Vasa Bamalacha Potter. That if you use someone else's evet to do malacha, you don't have to pay the bailim for the, uh, the the work that he did. If uh, if he did it on a day that he otherwise was not doing malacha for the original bailim. Because it seems from here that the reason your pater is that uh, the, the master is happy to have the Evid be put to work by somebody. So Amalei, so Rabbah said back, Hanimili, I mean the son said back to the father, Hanimili That's only when the guy that, whose Evid you're taking doesn't owe you money. But But these guys owe you money. So uh, yes, it's a nice thing, it's a favor to them that the Evid will have a good work ethic and that's wonderful but if they owe you money it at least looks like ribis so that's uh, therefore a problem so Rabbi brings a raya that if it looks like ribis then you're not allowed to get any sort of hanar from the love of Dhamma of Yosef Parminyumi Amr of Nachman even though we said that if you squat on someone else's property, you do not need to pay them. But if uh, you, you lend money to the Baal Chatzar, and then the Malva lives in the Chatzar of the Lova, so then the Malva is going to have to pay the Lova for the usage of the property in order that it shouldn't appear like ribbis, because the Lova is giving the Malva Tovas Hana by allowing him to live in the Chatzar without having to pay anything. So you see that even with Ahana that people don't normally pay for and therefore it's not really Asr Meikar Adin is at least Mechzi Karibis So the father said back to the son Hadribi, I changed my mind. You're right I, I, uh, I won't do this anymore meaning uh, he therefore changed, uh, changed his Psaq. Now it's interesting when he first defended himself he, uh, he quoted Rav Nachman that oh, Avadim are never worth their meal money anyway and then there was a rejection then he quoted Rav, Dani- uh, Rav Daniel Rav Daniel Barav Katina Amarav, which was really a statement of Rav. So Ben Yoda wonders why didn't Rav Yosef Parchama bring Rav Daniel Amarav originally? Why does he have to bring the sheet of Rav Nachman um, before bringing Rav? After all, uh, it's, it, Rav is definitely a more authoritative source. He was uh, he was Gadolmir of Nachman, so that would have been the better source to bring. Rav was from the generation of uh, of, uh, of of the first generation of Amarayim, right on the border of Tanayim. In fact, we even say. Many times in Shas that Rav Tanuhu Palig. So Ben Yoyada suggests that from Rav, there's Makam to say that he's Pater only Medina Yadam, but he's actually Chayim Medina Shemayim, because he still gets Hana. But according to Rav Nachman, there's 
there's no hanah whatsoever. Alternatively, and this is what we often say, that the father was trying to keep the son sharp. He wanted to make sure he knew that you could easily reject the raya from Rav Nachman and uh, Rav Nachman's statement about uh, the relative worth of avadim klape their meal money, but he wanted to see that the son is going to know how to respond uh, properly. Now, Tosos writes over here, that when uh, that that, uh, that that when we say that it's usher for the malva to be uh, to, to get hanar from the lova, that's dafka by something that's bifarhesia to live in his chazer to do malacha with his eved. But something that's not nicker that he's doing a, a particular tova for him that he's allowed to do, like to be mashil kelev, because he says that because that's something that people typically do. It's a neighborly thing that people do all the time. But anyway, that was the story that the father had been using someone's eved of people who owed him money when the Evid was on his downtime and he thought it was okay to do that because uh, he was doing a favor to the, uh, to the owner instead of receiving a favor from the owner. But the son convinced the father that that's mechsi karibis, that that's not a good thing to do. So now the Gemara discusses uh, other cases of using someone else's property without permission. So itmar, you take someone's boat and you do work with that. So if the owner of the Svina wants to take the rental payment for the boat, he could do that. Or if it's more beneficial to him to take the payment for the devaluation of the boat from wear and tear, he could do that. But Shmuel says, no, no, he's only entitled to the wear and tear. He's not entitled to an actual rental payment. So Amrav Papa Lopaligi, they're actually not arguing, even though they sound like they're arguing. Rav says he gets a choice that he could take a rental payment. Shmuel says, no, no, no rental payment, only the wear and tear. Because Rav was talking about a case where it was a boat that was meant to be rented out. So Mustama, the guy who took it, took it with Torah Schirus, <clears throat> so therefore, if the schirus is worth more than the wear and tear, that's what he owes. And if the wear and tear is worth more than the schirus, the balasfina can, can demand that. Where Shmuel is talking about a boat that's not meant to be rented out, and therefore the balasfina cannot take a rental payment, because there is no rental payment for this boat. But he can take the wear and tear, because the other guy's a gazlan. He just took his item, he took his boat without asking any permission. So for a gazlan, he's going to have to pay whatever he benefited, whatever he took from it, whatever he cost the other fellow. Or it could be that both Rav and Shmuel are talking about where it is a boat that is meant to be rented out. Uh, in a case where he took it, having in mind that he's taking it as a rental, the Balasvina could be Toveya, the Schirus. Um, or if he wants, he could be Toveya, the wear and tear. And that's Rav. And Shmuel was talking about a case where he never had in mind to take it as a rental. He was taking it to steal it. And therefore, the Balasvina can only be Doresh, whatever you would be Doresh from a Gazlan, which is the wear and tear. You would never be Doresh from a Gazlan, the, uh, the Demei Schirus. How do I know what his Das was, that when he was taking the, uh, the, the, the boat? So in the Sefer Imre Atzvi, he suggests that the Tophes is Neman to say what his Das was. Meaning normally, you're not able to say that you're a, uh, that you're a Gazlan. But the person is Neman to make himself a Russia when he's trying to pater himself from Mammon. Um, uh, and and, and uh, the that's what he's trying to do over here because he would not have to pay the Dmeschirus if he's a Gazlan, if he said that my Das was to be a Gazlan. So we believe him if he says that his Das was to be a Gazlan. Okay, so then the Mishnah said, Gazlan my bear 
that if you steal a coin and then the coin is nistak, then you pay what it was worth at the Shasak Zela. But if it was nifsal, you could say, here, just take the item back, take the coin back, and you don't pay what it's worth Shasak Zela. Amrafuna nistak, so machok samurai, what nistak and, and nifsal mean? Rafuna says nistak, nistak mamish. It means what it sounds like, that the coin cracked. Nifsal salta malchus. And nifsal means that the melech says that this is no longer valid currency. Rav Yehuda Amar salta malchus nami anu nistak. Nistak includes not only if it physically cracks, but even if Pesalta Malchus. What then would Rabbi Yuda, how then would Rabbi Yuda teach Nifsal? That it can't be used in this Medina, but it could still be used in another Medina. So in that case, you could say, because I'm giving you something that is in fact valid currency. If it were totally Pesalta Malchus and it's not valid currency at all, how can I say, I'm giving you something that's not money at all? According to you, that nifsal means that it becomes possible to use anywhere. You know what that's like? That's like if you took peros and they, they rotted, or you took wine and it turned sour. So that's not usable by anybody. And in that case, we said that you have to pay kshasak zela. You have to pay what it was worth at the time that you stole it. So over here, if you have a coin that is now not usable by anybody, so you should have to pay kshas exhale. You should not be able to say, Arishel Chalafanecha. So Amalais, Rafunu responded, Rav Chista, Hasam Nishtana, time of Recho. Hacha lo nishtana. No, no. Over there, in the case where wine sours, in the case where peros rot, it physically changed. It now is rotten fruit. It's spoiled wine. Whereas over here, the coin physically is exactly the same that it used to be. It's just that it doesn't have any usage anymore. So maybe in such a case, you could say because it's what we would call a hezek sheino nikr. It's not at all a recognizable change in the item. Amalei Rav the Rav Yehuda, so Rav then challenges Rav Yehuda. According to you, that if it becomes possible, that there's no place that it's valid currency, that's considered to be like Nistak, and therefore you have to pay. When Truma becomes Tame, isn't that like a Matbeya? That's Pesalta Malchus, where there is no usage for it. Truma becomes Tame. It cannot be eaten by Yisrael because Yisrael is not allowed to eat any Truma. And it cannot be eaten by a Kohen because it's Truma Tameya. So it can't be eaten by anybody. It's got to be burnt. It's not ready for any sort of usage. The Katani, and yet it says that if you steal Truma and then it became Tame, you're allowed to just give it right back. So how can you review to say that Pasalta Malchus, that if the Malchus makes it, that this is not valid currency at all, that you have to pay Kshasa Gzela? So review the response. When Truma becomes Tameh, there is no indication from uh, you know, anyone looking at it that, uh, that, there is, uh, that it's been damaged. But over here, everyone will realize that there's a problem because now it's different than all the other coins in every store, in every, uh, in every marketplace. So it's a more recognizable kind of damage. <laughs> and that's why you can't say So now the Gemara discusses that's going to bring this. This brings us into a whole discussion about matbeos that uh, that are cancelled uh, in some way or another, and how it relates to a variety of halachos. Say it, Where Rashi reads this. 
someone sells uh, some merchandise to somebody else, and the other guy owes him a certain amount of matbeos, vinifsala matbeya, and the amount of matbeos, the particular coins that they had identified that would be owed uh, in exchange for the merchandise, those coins have now become puzzle. But they're still rightly for use in some other Medina. So Rav says he has to pay the matbeya that is usable at the time of the Pira own, because he said you're going to give him matbeya, and the matbeos are nifsal. Don't have a shame at Beya. Ushmol Amr Yacholamarlo Lechotzio Bemisha. And Shmuel says it's. It's still in Matbeah, it's just not in Matbeah right here. So I can give him the Matbeah that we had agreed upon and tell him, go use it, you know, where it's usable. Uh, so I don't have to give you what's usable right here. So the Gemara discusses within Shmuel. Amram, Nachim, Mestavrim, Milsi to Shmuel. Shmuel's din, that you can give him these coins and tell him, use it where it's usable, that makes sense. The Isle Orchalamezlamation. If he has access to that location where you want him to be able to use these coins. Avalasay Orchalo. But if he has no uh, no intention to go there and he has, he's never in Meishan, so then Shmuel's going to have to be Moda, that you have to give him coins that are usable for him in his normal Holokelech of his life. But you're going to uh, say, oh, if you ever happen to be in, uh, you know, in, uh, in in some other country, in some other place, well, I'm never there. That's not where I ever go. So then you can't expect the person to accept such money. So uh, the Gemara asks, uh, Rav Nachman from Brisa. So that, that was, uh, again, Rav Nachman was qualifying Shmuel. That when Shmuel says, you can just give him the money and tell him to spend it wherever, that's only if he's going to actually be in such a place. So Rav Nachman challenges. Rav challenges Rav Nachman, rather. Rav Nachman, we have a brisa that ain't mechalul in alamol shenim yotzos that you're not allowed to be mechalul peros and meiser sheni on money that is not uh, that is not usable currency in Yerushalayim because you're only allowed to be mechal meiser sheni on a kesef sheish lotzura. So since uh, the the the, uh, the the that money is not is not a valid currency in Yerushalayim, we view it in Yerushalayim as if it's a kesef shein lotzura. Because Mali, whether it doesn't have a tzura at all, whether it's an Asimon, or whether it has a tzura, but the tzura is meaningless. So in this case, it's a meaningless tzura. So Kate said, Kozbios Yerushalmios. If you have Kozbios Yerushalmios coins, uh, the our gear is that that's one type of coin, and it's the coin that was made by Bar Kochva uh, that was used in Yerushalayim. Others have a gear, Rashi points out, of Kozbios Oh, Yerushalmios, and it's two different types of coins, and one is from a place called Ksiv, and the other one is from Yerushalayim. Rabbi Yaakov then points out that it cannot, the first pshat cannot be right, because Bar Kochva was never Melech in Yerushalayim, he was only in Beitar, that's a Medrash Rabbah in, in Eicha, and furthermore, Bepashtus, he was only a Melech after Bayesheni was already destroyed, and when there's no Beis HaMikdash, the Allah is a Yimchal Meiser on a Pruta, and the Peros uh, then Rat, um, but uh, the, the, uh, the Maritzchayis says that in the Yerushalayim Shalmi, it sounds like the first parish in Rashi, that it's Kozbios Yerushalmi. So as much as Rabbi Yaakov Emden doesn't like it because he has kashas on it, that's what it sounds like from the Yerushalmi. But anyway, so someone has these coins, Osham Malachim Arishonim, or he has coins that are no longer valid currency from earlier Malachim. Ain Mechal, then you're not allowed to be Mechal Maishashani money on it. But if these coins belong to later kings, meaning that are, that, that are usable right now, but they're similar to earlier kings' coins in the sense that where the Balabayas is right now, it's not valid, valid currency. 
apparently is allowed to be mechal money on it, even if the balabais has no plan on going to that location. So, uh, so that's a kasha of Nachman, because Rav Nachman said within Shmuel that if you have no plans on going to that location, then it's the same as totally invalid currency, and you're not allowed to use it at all. And here we see that as long as it's valid to be used somewhere, even though I have no plans on going to that somewhere, it is a val- it is valid currency that I can be mechal ma'isasheni on. So I'm later of Nachman responds to Rav the Bryce is talking about where the Malchus of the Medina, where the, where the, the Matbeah became possible, is not Makbid if you're carrying such a coin around. And since you're allowed to carry such coins around publicly, even if you're not going to go there, you'll find someone who's going to go there. Someone's going to see you carrying this money around and say, oh, what are you doing with that money? And you'll be able to barter for something. You'll be able to, it will be usable for you in some way or another. But according to Rav Nachman, when Shmuel says that if you have no derech lemeshan, you're not allowed to pay with such coins. And when you do have a derech, you are allowed to pay. Kisha malchios makpidos also. That's talking about when the malchios are makpid, that you're not allowed to t- take the coins from one place to the other. But that's difficult because even if uh, you have a derech to go to meshan, how can you take them to the second Medina? If the malchios are makpidos, the, the border uh, patrol is going to stop you and they're not going to let you take these coins out. So what do I care that you plan on traveling to whatever, to Singapore or something. The, the border patrol is going to stop you anyway. They're not going to let you take it. So, no, that they're, they're going to, they, they, uh, no, that the case is that the rule is that they're, they're allowed to confiscate these coins from you. But if you're discreet about it, they're not going to. I Meaning they don't go around looking for it. So you keep it in your pocket, they're not going to take it. So as long as you plan on going to that location, so it has some value to you. But if you're, uh, but if, if you are planning on going to that location, you carry it out in public, so then, yeah, they'll confiscate it from you. So ask the Gemara on Rav Nachman from another b'risa. Toshima, we have a b'risa. Ein mechalin al mo'u shalkan ve'hid b'bavali. Now let it be mechal peros v'maysasheni on Yerushalayim money when the bailim and the money is in Bavel because that money is not usable in Bavel. Vishal Bavel, you're not allowed to be mechal on Bavel money, vehein kan, when the money is in Yerushalayim. Shal Bavel, vehein bebavel, mechalin. If it's Bavel money, and the Bailim, and the money is in Bavel, then you can be mechalel. But Katani Mias, ain mechalin al mo'o shal kan, vehein bebavel. You're not allowed to use Yerushalayim money when they are in Bavel, when the Bailim and the money is in Bavel. But wait, the assumption is that you're planning on going to Yerushalayim, so apparently even if you have a derech to go there, you plan on going to Mishan, apparently you're still not allowed to use that currency. That's against how Rav Nachman touched up Shmuel. So says, The Bryce is talking about where the Malchios are Makpidos, that they're going to search and they're going to confiscate all such money. So if you're Machalel on a Matbeah Shabavel, you're never going to be able to bring it to, on a Matbeah in Bavel, you're never going to be able to bring it to Yerushalayim. Ihachi, if that's the case, that the Malchios are Makpidos, Shabavel, the Hain Bibavel, Lemai Chazu. If the Bailam are in Bavel and using Bavel coins, what's the coin going to be usable for? You're going to, you have to bring them to Yerushalayim and you're not able to bring them to Yerushalayim. So why is it Kasha to be Machal Maishashan? 
Shanian. So because you could buy an animal in Bavel with these coins and bring that behemoth to Yerushalayim, even though normally that's against the rules of what you're allowed to do with Maestro Shani money. You're not allowed to buy behemoths outside of Yerushalayim with Maestro Shani money. Apparently, this is an exception. The Rishonim discuss why it should be an, an exception. Now, we have said in the Brice that you're not allowed to be Mechalel on Mo'os of Bavel when the Bailim and the money is in Yerushalayim. Vatanya, we have a Brice, it's Kinushio on Mo'os, Yosos Yerushalayim, Mibnei Kach, that since all the Matbeos of all the Medinos would be brought to Yerushalayim, so uh, why can't you be Mechalel on Maestro Shani on Matbeos of Bavel? They're all uh, used in Yerushalayim. So, Rabbi Zeru, Lo Kasha. Kan, Bizman Shiyad Yisrael, Tzkif Alumus HaOlam. The Bryce that says that, uh, yeah, whatever money you want to bring, it's all usable in Yerushalayim. That's when the Jewish people are able to come from all over the world to Yerushalayim. And Kan, Bizman Shiyad Yisrael, Tzkif Alatzman. And Bizman Shiyad Yisrael, Tzkif Alatzman. That it's uh, where the Jewish people are not in charge. The Bryce that says that, uh, that, that the money is not going to be usable in Yerushalayim is talking about where Jews are not able to come from all over the world to Yerushalayim. There are different times in history where it was harder and where it was uh, easier to, uh, to make your way uh, to, uh, to, to, to Yerushalayim. Someone was just telling me yesterday they were filling out the Nefesh B'Nefesh form online and they were thinking, well, if my grandparents could see or my great-grandparents could see that you could just sit in front of a computer, fill out a form and then buy tickets to Yerushalayim and, you could, uh, and that's it and you could live they would be slapping me. Why didn't you do this years ago? What's wrong with you? Right? That it's uh, that it's so easy that people could have the ability to uh, to, to to be in uh, in Yerushalayim. So there were times in history where it wasn't so easy. So What exactly is the tzura that's on the matbeah of Yerushalayim? So It was written pashtos, not a picture of, but written the words David Shlomo on one side of the coin. Yerushalayim Kodesh mitzad acher, and it said Yerushalayim Kodesh on the other side of the coin. And what was the matbeah of Avram Avinu? It was Zakin and Zakena, an old man and an old woman on one side, and a young man and a young woman on the, uh, on, on, on the, on the other side. The reason that I, I said that Tosos writes over here that it's the words and not the images based on the Gemara and Avodah that you're not allowed to make a tzura of a, uh, of a person. However, the Primagadim writes that they actually did make Ketzura, but they just made a chatzi partzuf because a lot of poskim in Shulchan Aruch and Yerodeya say that you can make a uh, what do you call it, a profile uh, image on a coin as long as you don't make the uh, the full partzuf. Okay, but from tomorrow we'll pick up with Bayimine Rava Meirav Chista.